Amen. Good. Well, we're on part two. Let's just look at uh, Roman number one. We're just going to review where we were uh, last week, the, the kind of the key points that we went over. Um, we talked about how generosity is far more than, than just giving. Jim, I'm just a little hot, just, just a smidge that's perfect. Uh, yeah, just perfect. Thank you. Uh, so generosity is far more than uh, just giving money. It's, it's about giving money, of course, but it's, it includes far more areas of our lives. Generosity includes our, our finances, our possessions, our time, our emotions, our love, our heart. Generosity is, is when our hearts are open to people and, and we willingly want to, to impart and to bless in whatever way that we're able to. It's not just finances, though it definitely includes finances. And then we talked about how generosity is actually defined. The definition of it is when you give more than what is expected. Now that was a a surprise to me because I just thought of generosity as being, you know, willing to give. If you're willing to give, you're generous. But, uh, Giving in and of itself doesn't necessarily sort of qualify you as one who's generous. I mean, you could give a dollar every week in an offering, but that doesn't necessarily mean that you're generous, does it? Thank you. Giving uh, is actually uh, just sort of gets you in the game so that you can be generous Uh, generosity implies going beyond the norm, going beyond what's expected, actually giving over and above what you would would think the baseline is. And and we'll talk next week with a lot of clarity. Next week, I'm going to talk about when to give and when not to give. I'm going to talk about tithes and offerings. I'm going to go through the biblical definitions of all of that. But um, the point I'm making here is there's a baseline that's understood as normal, and then there's generosity. Amen. And so the scriptures, and see, the scriptures are clear that saints, believers, are supposed to be generous. Believers are understood as they're expected to be generous, which I think that's a powerful thought that the, the community of, of faith should be known as people who freely give even more than what's expected. That's right, Lord, just let it rain on us. That spirit of generosity. So, you know, I gave the example last week about when I was a, a, a waiter. And, um, you know, when I first became a waiter, everybody was willing to trade with me the Sunday afternoon you know, shift. They would trade that shift for any of my other shifts. And it took, didn't take me long to figure out why. It's because it's widely known that the church crowd wasn't the big tipping crowd. It ought not be that way, should it? It should not be that way. That's just so bad. Ow, that hurt my heart. I was a new believer, and I remember they're like, all those Sunday folk all those Sunday morning folk, that's what they used to call them. All those Sunday morning, the church crowd, they don't give. And they said, they, I remember one, one of the waiters coming up, to, or waitresses coming to me and saying, you know what they'll do? They'll give you that little piece of paper, that all this stuff about Jesus instead of money. It's talking about tipping with a track. 
instead of actually giving a tip. And uh, anyway, the Bible is clear that the righteous are, ex- we're supposed to be known for our generosity. We're supposed to be known as people who willingly give freely with open hearts in all the areas. And, uh, and then furthermore, last week we went over this and just read a, a bunch of verses about how the Lord promises blessing to those who are generous. And I just put a bunch of verses there that you can, you can review on your own time. Okay, good. Now let's look at uh, Roman numeral two. And, and what I want to do today is I want to specifically talk about giving. I, I want to use this verse in Luke that's been preached so often and spend a little more time on it than maybe you've heard in the past. And then I want to talk about biblical premises of giving and, and then what happens when we give just from a biblical basis. And as I said last week, I know, I know you've heard messages on giving and undoubtedly, if you've been saved any amount of time, you've heard um, people teach the subject of giving in a way that's manipulative or forceful, trying to, to leverage people or leverage you, manipulate you into giving. Now, here's what I think. I don't think we can... Um, I, number one, I don't think we, we use the Bible to manipulate people to give. I think we've got to use the Bible and speak truth and allow the truth to release revelation in our heart and then allow that revelation to call us into the nature and the knowledge of God. And we talked about last week how God is generous, how the Father is generous. And so on the one hand, we never want to use the Scripture to manipulate. On the other hand, we can't shy away from truth when it's been misused. In other words, people will take a scripture, they'll misuse it. And so, as I mentioned last week, sometimes I've overreacted at times as a teacher and, and then not taught the other side of the thing to, you know, for fear of people getting offended or something. Well, I just need to get delivered to the fear of man and just teach truth and just let the truth you know, cut the, cut the plumb line for us and then uh, let the chips fall where they may. So that's what I'm trying to do. All right, let's look here at uh, Luke chapter 6. This is a, a much-taught scripture in the area of giving. Now, I will tell you this. I do not ever remember having someone break this scripture down for me. What I mean is this. The, the language in here is, is uh, for us, it's archaic. It's 2,000-year-old language. And I remember as a young believer just hearing this verse and, and not knowing what the heck they were talking about, but knowing that, hey, it says give, and you're going to get, and so therefore, you're supposed to give to get. And I can remember, I remember clearly, I remember who it was and everything, on TV, watching a preacher, using this Bible verse, Luke chapter 6, verse 38. And, and they said, if you give, you get. Now, how many of you want to get? So you got to give. And they just used it with the key motivation of get all you can. So give all you can. Well, of course, they were asking to give all you can to their ministry as a means for you to get all you can. And it was a manipulative tactic. I'll tell you a story. Different ministry. I, I was 20 years old, and the guy was using this verse, teaching on giving. In fact, this is one of those guys that taught on giving every single week. You know, you know, you know which kind of guys I'm talking about? Television evangelists taught on giving every single week. And taught about giving to, to get. And if you gave, you'd get a miracle. And if you gave, you'd get a hundredfold return. And if you gave, you'd get all these things. You could just write down whatever you wanted. Anybody ever heard this? You can write down whatever you want. And you give $1,000 or $100. 
and you can, uh, you can bury it in the ground and stand on it and have a faith thing where you're touching that thing and you're touching what the guy's saying, and it's going to come. Whatever you said you want. And well, I remember this guy, he was talking, and he was saying this stuff. And I was 20, I was a poor college student. And I remember thinking, you know, if this is even close to true, this is awesome. Because I'm about to get rich as a college student. All I got to do is just give a little money. This is great. So I'm sitting there, and I'm, um, I'm at my mom's. And we have a, we, we just, for whatever time, we just installed a TV in the kitchen. And, and it was just, you know, for us, that was high tech back then. We had a TV in the kitchen wall. This is about, I guess I was about 20, so it was about 1990. And, um, and there I am, and I'm sitting there at the kitchen table with my feet up, wearing a T-shirt, and uh, the guy's preaching. And while he's preaching, he's calling people to give $1,000. And he's saying, if you'll give $1,000, God is going to bless you, and, you know, a hundredfold. He, you're just wealthy off of this. I'm looking at this thing just going, well, man, I wonder if I gave 10 bucks. Huh, I'm, sorry, I'm trying to do the math. If I get a 100, maybe I could get a 1,000, turn my 1,000 into a 100,000. Like, maybe I could do that if I had, you know, I'm, sitting, I'm just 20. I'm brand new in the Lord. And this is what the guy does. He goes, I see you right now. His finger, feet tall, eight, you know, a couple, eight, eight inches long, big old finger. He goes, I see you right now. You're sitting there. You're at your kitchen table. You got a t-shirt on. <laughs> Me? You, I see you. And you're wondering, how can I give how can I give right now? And you don't even have the money. I was like, I don't have the money. It's not me. How does he know I'm here? He goes, you need to make a faith pledge of $1,000, and, uh, and God's going to richly bless you. And I did. <laughs> I did. I called him up. I go, I'm the guy sitting at the kitchen table in the T-shirt. <laughs> they said, oh, you are. I go, that's me. I don't have any money. But I'm going to pledge $1,000. And they said, well... You just be faithful to give. Every time you've got money, you just give it, and the Lord's going to bless you hundredfold. Hundredfold. I was like, I'm going to get $100,000. This is awesome. So I go, I go back to college with my college roommates, and I start getting all this stuff in the mail from this guy. I got a poster. I got a life-size poster of this guy. <laughs> my roommates saw it. They pulled that thing out. They were laughing at me. They put that thing up on my door. This guy was sending me miracle coins, miracle soil. I got a miracle key. I got all these miracle things that were going to make me $100,000. The problem was none of it was in the Bible. It was just getting manipulated. And he used this verse, give and you'll get, give and you'll get. And a lot of times our, the motives of our hearts are exposed when the Bible starts talking to us about money. Isn't that true? Well, I remember my friends, they just said, listen, my roommates, they'd been believers longer than, than me. They said, listen, you know, maybe that was the Lord, but I bet there was a bunch of people watching TV in their kitchen in a t-shirt that day. I said, you think? They said, yeah, I think. They said, you should call back. They said, we don't believe that was the Lord. You should call back and ask to be forgiven of that, of that commitment and just, just repent and just turn away from it. And I called them back and man, those guys did not want me to, re 
to get forgiven of that commitment. They wanted that $1,000 no matter what. It was intense. They were guilting me. It was strong. Anyway, all right, so let's look at this verse. Let's look at this passage. Let's get it in context. God's never doing that. I'm, next week, I'm going to talk about when not to give. Don't give if the guy's finger's eight inches long and he's telling you you're sitting at the kitchen table and you owe him $1,000. Don't do that. I'll talk when to give, when not to give next week. All right, look, look at this. Luke 6, here's Jesus. He says, judge not and you shall not be judged. Condemn not and you shall not be condemned. Forgive and you will be forgiven. Give and it will be given to you. Now, most of the times I've ever heard this taught in the, in, on the issue of giving and receiving, it always starts at verse 38. We almost never get the context of verse 37. Give and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over will, will be put into your bosom. I remember as a young believer hearing that. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. I think we even had a song we sang back in the day. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together. I, I mean, I think we even had that as one of our worship songs. Running over. I don't know. I never knew what that meant. Give in good measure. But what's the pressing down and the shaking? I never saw anybody press down and shake their offering before they put it in the bucket. I don't know what that's even talking about. To, and then other men are going to give to my bosom? Does that just mean they're just going to like tack money on my chest? How's this going to work? But because it said give and you'll get, I just went, yeah, press it down, shake it together, Lord, whatever that is. I want it pushed back to me in my bosom somehow. For with the same measure that you use, it'll be measured back to you. So I remember just thinking, huh, that's really interesting. I don't know what that means, but give and you'll get, and whatever measure you use, it'll be measured back to you. And so I just, I just began to give. And... And oftentimes the teachings that I'd, I'd hear as a young man, just different ones, TV and whatever else, they would use these verses, but they're completely out of the context. And then I remember years later, hearing my pastor at the time speak on this passage, and he says, hey, did you ever notice that verse 37 goes with verse 38? That there's a judge not, condemn not, and a forgive, and then there's a give. And he said, you know what? The Lord's talking about more than money here. I went, man, that's, that's right. He's talking about mercy, and he's talking about forgiveness, and he's talking about having a generous heart with people, and he's talking about giving. Now, it's not just about mercy, and I'm gonna break this down for you in a second. It's not just about forgiveness, but undoubtedly it is about that. And my point is this, if you take the the verse that, go, that goes with this passage is from Matthew chapter 7, where Jesus just starts off and says, Judge not, lest you be judged. These verses go together. He's preaching the same sermon at a different time here in Luke 6, and he's giving a few more details, and he ties it in to actually giving. Now, forgiveness, mercy, condemnation, judgment, all these things— he wraps it up, he summarizes it with this idea that whatever you give, it will be given to you. If you're merciful, you'll receive mercy. If you judge everybody, you're gonna get judged. If you're always condemning people, you're gonna be condemned. Now Jesus, some people uh, believe that Jesus um, 
said there's, there's no time that you ever judge, and, and that's not true because Jesus goes on later and says, judge with a righteous judgment. There, there, are, there are means by which we actually discern and we actually judge, especially those in the household of God. He's not, he's not um, saying you never judge. He's just saying that there's an unrighteous and unholy judgment, and then there's a judgment according to what's in the heart of God and by the Spirit of God, and we have to be discerning in that. But here's the point. If you're merciful you'll receive mercy. If you're judgmental all the time, you'll receive judgment. But then he does this thing and he says, give and it will be given. And then he uses this good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over. Well, what is that? What is that? Maybe you knew or you know, but I didn't. Well, here it is. Let's just look at this. Uh, Letter A. Let's look at it phrase by phrase. Give and it will be given. Generous giving engages you with a spiritual principle that has a cause and effect relationship. Here's the deal. When you give, there's a spiritual principle that's going on. There's a cause and effect. It's established throughout the scripture. It's sowing and reaping, giving and receiving. It is what it is. As you give, you will receive. The Lord has set that up. That's a real principle in every area, in every area. Mercy, love, finance, Whatever, as you serve, as you bless, as you give, you will receive the same. That is a spiritual principle. It has a cause and effect. It is what it is. It's a truth. It's a truth. It works across the board. Uh, Giving and receiving is not limited to money. It applies to everything. And this verse gives us that. Judgment, mercy, love, kindness. So many areas. You know, so often it's taught, give right now and you'll receive right now. But I, I don't see anywhere in the Bible where we can put a, um, a time frame on God's, you know, giving back to us. He just tells us to give and you will receive. Give, sow, and you will reap. Now, there is that principle he gives us with sowing and reaping. He uses seed as an example. And I've never seen anybody put a seed in the ground and get a harvest that day. Have you ever done that? Have you ever gone out, have you ever planted a tomato bush in your backyard? Anybody? Three people, good. We did that one time, it was fun, one time. We planted some crops in our backyard and it was good, we got some crops out of it, it was, it was good. I'm not a, a, a green thumb, so one, one run was good enough. But uh, you know, you put the thing in, first you gotta prepare the ground, you gotta get it right. You got to put the thing in, you got to put the seed in, you got to put the right space apart. Then you got to go through there and get all the weeds out as the thing starts sprouting up. It's got to have water, it's got to have nutrients. It takes a while. You know, you, you put something in the ground, you're not getting something out of the ground for months. And depending on what you're growing, you're not getting a real harvest for years sometimes. So often people want to give and they want to receive that weekend. That's not really how it works. I would just say this in my life. For years, I faithfully tithed and gave offerings. I mean, 25 years. And, and just been as, as generous as I knew how to give. And I think early on, some of the teachings I got were not, not exactly biblical. They were a little bit extra biblical. But I've been trying, I've tried to be generous based on what I know what the Bible teaches for 25 years. It's, I mean, since, you know, before I got, since uh, before I was in the ministry, right when I got saved. And, and I would say, there was a long period of time in there as a young man and as a young couple where we were just giving and 
we just didn't have much. We just continued to give and didn't really see much return. And I would say it was probably in the last five to 10 years where we started seeing amazing things happening with us, because we were missionaries, that's how we live, but shocking stories where people have given to us, not knowing our need, not knowing the situation, and then just call us up or send us thousands of dollars at a time. And I just, I just go, how, how did that even work? Well, all I can point to is the 25 years of giving that ended up with a harvest. You see what I'm saying? And so oftentimes it's over time as you sow, then you will eventually reap. And that's how it works. But that's a spiritual principle. Giving has a cause and effect relationship with receiving. Now B, look at this. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together. What's that even talking about? Well, it's using first century language. Jesus is speaking into a primarily agricultural society. And what he's talking about is their normal way that they would trade either grain or figs or or some sort of fruit or something like that. And what they would do is they would have a measure. They would have a, a, a jar or a basket of some sort, and they would come with their jar or their basket, and, and this is how they would trade. They would say, okay, I want, you know, give me three, and they'd have ephahs, or they'd have the different sizes. And so they would say, okay, and the guy would get the measure, right, and he would get that grain out. Well, if he just got the scoop of grain, it would be fluffy in the barrel, in the, in the, in the measure. So the guy that was generous would take that measure and he would press it down. First, he'd have to get a good measure. So he would get a big scoop so it was over the top. Good measure. Then he would press it down and shake it so that the grain would settle down in there, and then he would put more into the measure. Have you ever found a guy that was selling his grain or his fish back to that guy because you're going to get a better deal then if you just got the guy that just did the one scoop and didn't shake it together and press it down. Come on. So they would shake it, press it, and put more until it was running over the side. And that's when you knew you got a good deal. Well, Jesus says this. He goes, if you'll give, it will be given to you. Give generously, and you're going to get it back generously. And this is the way This is interesting. This isn't the way to receive. This is the way to give. Are you hearing? He's explaining how to give. Give will be given to you. How do you give? With a good measure, press it down, shake it together, and get some more in there till it's running over. Give something like that. What Jesus does is he defines Christian giving as generous giving. Do you see it? Do y'all see that? That's what he's saying right there. And then he says, be put back into your bosom. You give like this and you'll receive like this. Well, what does back into your bosom mean? I I just never knew what that meant. I just thought, well, somehow they're gonna, I don't know, strap it on my chest or something, I don't know. Well, what it was is back in in the first century, they would have these long, uh, tunics, and the front of them would be long, so they would be able to lift it up, and they would use it 
as a means to carry stuff. So they, they would hold it like this. They would pour the measure into their tunic and they would carry it wrapped up against their bosom. And that's what they would be carrying. And so when he says they're gonna give it, you're gonna give like this and they're gonna give it back to you like this. He's gonna give it back into your bosom that way. He's using specifically first century language, but the principle is still the same. And that's what he gives us in the last sentence. For the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. This is about being generous. It's about being generous in every area, in mercy and in love, in giving, finances, in sharing what you have. It's about being generous. I I really think that the church could go a long way in understanding mercy. Being merciful with people. You know, it's, it's amazing how the church runs to judgment and just crucifies people in the public as if nobody in the church has ever done anything wrong. That's crazy. We need to be the most merciful. It doesn't mean that we have to agree with and wink at sin, but be merciful with sinners. Guys, don't be freaked out. Sinners do something really well. They sin. And before I got saved, I was good at sinning. I was a professional. And so are you. Now, come on. Be merciful when you see somebody that's being dominated by sin. There's, there's such a, uh, an unchrist-like way that we deal with people that are struggling. He's, he's like, give mercy liberally, you'll receive mercy liberally. Give your, your economics, your, your possessions liberally, people will give back to you liberally. They will. They will. <clears throat> That's what Jesus is giving us. The measure you use will be measured back. Now, I'll just tell you this little personal testimony. I remember years ago, somebody talking about the measure you use will be measured back. And I thought that, that makes sense. Like I could understand that portion of the passage. He says, so if you always use a small measure, you're only gonna ever receive small measures. If you use a, a, a generous measure, you're gonna receive generous measures. And I thought, you know, that, that's interesting. And then Paul bears that same out. He says, with the measure that you sow, you will also reap. I go, huh, okay, I've got a few verses on this. Let's try it. And so I remember thinking, well, when somebody gives to me, I am going to give that away. And so I would always look for a certain kind of gift. If somebody ever came to me and just, just gave me money, I would, ta- I would say, okay, good. I've got seed. Because he, he says he gives, in 2 Corinthians, he says he gives seed to a sower. So I always look for a certain kind of just cash. If somebody gave me cash, I said, okay, that, that's seed for me. I'm going to use that as seed every time. So somebody came up and gave me like $20. I'd go, sweet. All right, I'm going to find somebody and give that $20 away. i just give it away. Boom. $20, bam, out the door. And you know, I, I did that for a while. I mean, I did that for a couple of years where $20 would come, $20 would go. As soon as, I, as soon as it hit my hand, I would just start looking around for somebody to give it to and I'd just give it away. Well, it was weird because as I continued to sow the 20s, I, I was giving the measure of 20s, but I gave a bunch of them away and my, the measure that I started to receive got bigger. And it, I don't know when, but it went from 20s to 100s. I don't know how it worked. I've never even told this publicly. I told my kids, but I've never told this publicly. So it went from 20s to 100. So all of a sudden I started getting $100 bills, just randomly. People just 
Bless you, brother. Do the old Pentecostal handshake. You ever got one of those? Those are a blessing. Like, oh, something's in there. Praise God. Yes. Praise, man. You get one of those. You're like, yes, baby. We're paying the light bill this week. All right. So the, you get, and the, so they, it turned into hundreds. I'm like, I'm, I'm not, I, I noticed it. I go, I'm actually not getting, tw- I'm getting hundreds. This is crazy. Or somebody would give me five twenties. I mean, I had that happen multiple times, and I would take it, and I would just give it away. I'm, I'm, I'm losing eternal rewards right now, but I'm, I'm teaching you a principle. I just give it away. Just give it away. And, uh, and um, I'm going to tell my wife. I, I said, yeah. I, 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 uh, she goes, somebody told me you gave them $100. I go, I did. And she goes, well, where'd you get the $100. Like you just giving people free $100 every now and then? What, like, what are you doing? Because we give together. We know what we give. We, you know, we know what we're receiving. And I said, well, no, somebody else gave me the $100. She goes, well, what do you mean? And I said, oh, it happens all the time. She goes, what are you talking about? She goes, the Lord has given you those $100 to pay for, you know, the paint that we need and to fix the sidewalk in the front of the house. What are you doing? Like a good wife, she was like, hey, buddy, take care of the house first, and then let it be well with you in the field. I said, right, right, right. Okay, check it off. I got to check this off. I can't just got my own financial increase thing going here. So the money would come in, $100, and I, and I go, wait, can I give that out? And she'd agree, and we'd give it and continue to give it. And do you know that that measure increased again? And I've just watched it in the last, like, year. It turned, it turned into, I've seen $500 cash gifts. Come on, Jesus. I'm just telling you, look, I'm not trying to get your $500 cash gift. I'm trying to get you to come the biblical principle. And I know you're not supposed to your left hand know what your right hand is doing. I know, but I'm teaching you. And, and that's okay. So as I've continued to just try that principle, it works. It's real. And I just give it away. And to me, that's the funnest little game ever. I, I'm not doing it to, to get riches for myself. I'm doing it so I can give again and give again and give again. And it has been a blast. I get 20s. Now I get 100s and 500s. How cool is that? And just give it away. Just bless it and give it away. And I'll just tell you this. Last year, we were going to China. And we had to raise money to go to China. And I had, I had raised our partner team. I mean, they blessed us immediately, paid for my wife and I, both of our plane tickets to go to China. I was like, thank you, Jesus. Well, I just totally forgot about our in-country needs. And I started thinking, oh, man. Oh, we're going to need $500 in-country from visas, transportation, food, everything for the two of us for that week. We're going to need 500 bucks. And, I, and I, I literally realized the day before. And um, I was sitting there in my office. And this guy walks into my office. I don't mean to bother you. I just felt so strong right now. I go, thank you. And I didn't even look at it. I just go, thank you so much. Bless you. Bless you, dude. And, uh, and I put it down. Well, I'm sitting there going, man, I'm gonna have to figure out, move this money around and get our $500 budget for China. And I'm getting ready to leave. And I look, and the guy's giving me five $100 bills to pay for China. And I didn't see him again for a few months. I go, hey, do you remember giving me 500 bucks? He goes, yeah. I go, did you know why you were doing that? He goes, no, I just knew I was supposed to. I go, I needed $500 that day. I was leaving for China the next day. And you heard from the Lord and you gave me that 500 bucks and it paid for us while we were in country. He goes, oh, well, praise God. You know what I mean? Like, 
And the Lord's probably got a deal going with him. He's probably getting five thousands or something. You know, you never know how it goes. But uh, this thing works. It's real. The measure you give is what you receive. It's really true. Now, again, don't get under shame on any of this. This is about grace, and this is about generosity. It's about the Spirit of the Lord, and this is not about manipulation, so I don't want you to ever feel that way. Now, look at this. Uh, Roman numeral three. That kind of that puts Luke 6 in context for us, that there are real premises that Jesus is teaching, real truths that he's teaching that are about giving and the measure, and then he's actually giving a, he was actually giving a modern illustration for the times of how you're supposed to give generously. He was actually defining giving as generous. All right, Roman numeral three, look at this. Biblical premises about giving. These are just some simple truths about giving. A, what we just defined, Psalm 37, 21 says it, we said it last week, but giving generously is expected by saints. The righteous give generously, that's what they do. And I said this last week, but you know, our Father, He's incredibly generous. God is incredibly generous. He's, he gives us all things richly to enjoy. I just went through the Bible. I mean, there's just thousands of verses that, that use the word give, giving, gave, and just started reading through all of them. And man, when you go through it and notice how many times God says, I will give, I gave you, I give you this, the Lord is giving, 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 giving to us all the time. Everything that you and I have, everything that you got, you and I experience of blessing. I mean, just even the idea of colors and sounds and smells, any, any enjoyments that you experience, the Lord created you to actually be able to experience that pleasure. He's given and given and given again. And you know what he's going to be doing for eternity? Giving. He wants to freely give us the kingdom. He wants to continue to give to us ever, forever. This is his nature, and so the righteous are to be like him. We're to be givers. Amen. All right, B. Giving requires willingness. Look at 2 Corinthians 8, verse 12. <clears throat> Top of page 2. Now, 2 Corinthians 8 and 9. I mentioned it last week, but let's just... Recap it again. Paul is talking to the Corinthian church about an offering that he's taking up for the saints in Jerusalem who are experiencing famine and poverty. Okay? 2 Corinthians 8 and 9. That's what those two chapters are about. Now, what he says at the beginning of chapter 8 is this. He goes, the Macedonians who are in poverty themselves have, have told me they don't want to be left out of, of giving to the saints in Jerusalem. So they're going to participate. So he goes, I'm reminding you guys in Corinth Glory. Okay, are we there? All right. He goes, I'm reminding you guys in Corinth about the offering that we talked about last year to give to the saints in Jerusalem. He goes, now, let me give you a few thoughts on how to give. And he does that in 8 and 9. But it's funny, if you read the beginning of 9, here's what he says. He goes, I wanted to write to you and send some brothers ahead of time to make sure that you guys are prepared. He goes, unless somebody from Macedonia comes 
And I told the Macedonians how generous y'all were. He goes, but I don't want you guys to be embarrassed. That's what he says in in, in chapter 9. He goes, I want to make sure you guys are going to follow through on what you said you were going to do last year. Because they were given out of poverty. You guys have an opportunity to give out of abundance. So it's in that context that Paul gives several premises on giving. The first is this, verse 12. He says, if the willingness is there, the gift is acceptable. Willingness is a critical part of giving. Now, when I talk about what, how, when not to give next week, we're going to talk about this more. But there's something about a willing heart, beloved. We have got to, I want to get to where my heart is willing all the time. Where I, I'm willing all the time to give. To give my heart, my, you know, love, emotions, to, to give mercy, to, to give my possessions, to give finance. I want to get to where I'm completely willing all the time. I would tell you right now, I'm not always willing. Sometimes I'm just not. Think about it. I, I mean, I, they're, just, they're just things that you like, that you have, that you're just not really willing to give that. I remember uh, one time, uh, the church I came from, our pastor, he said, I want everybody to think about something you really, really like. He goes, we want to get free. We want everybody to get free of being held by possessions. So think about something you like and then put it before the Lord and ask the Lord if he'd have you to give it. And people were giving away their prized possessions. It was wild. And the testimonies that came back about how the Lord would bless people back was crazy stuff. But people would go and they'd have their, their favorite this or their, you know, their favorite that. And they'd give it away. People were giving cars away, beloved. They were giving cars away. Here, just take my car. It's got a hold on me. I just want to give it away. I want to get free from greed and possessions. I was like, what? Not giving them to the church, to each other. <laughs> they would find a, a family that needed a car and they'd just give them a car. Come on. Always willing to give. I, I want to be that way. I want to be a community that we're always willing to give. We see a little thing like, hey, we're going to give 75, you know, gifts to kids in Haiti. I mean, we should knock 75 out in like 30 seconds. We should stampede to the Connections Hub, get all those names, get them signed up. I'm glad we got, we got 65 last week or something. Seven, how, how many did we get last week? 65 though, right? That's good. That's a good job. But, but things like that, it should be like that. It should be, we're so willing to give. Oh, we get to give to Haiti kids? Come on. Our guys in Africa need some money? Praise God, yes, I'm so willing to help and give. There, there needs to be that willingness. But if the willingness is there, the gift is acceptable. And that's, a, that's just a critical thought, that willingness has to be a component of giving. It requires willingness. There are so many verses. If you look up having a willing heart as it relates to giving, if you look it up in the scripture, there's so many verses about this. To me, it's the door to giving. Willingness has to be in place. To be willing. Willing to share. Willing to give. C, giving is measured by what you have and not by what you do not have. All right, watch this. For if there's willingness, the gift is acceptable according to what one has, not according to what one does not have. 
going back to my um, ill-fated prophet who prophesied $1,000 out of my pocket, he was demanding me to give something I did not even have. He crossed a biblical principle here. Giving is always measured by what you actually have, not by what you do not have. And, and so here's the challenge. Oftentimes in America, we think we do not have, but we have a lot. We have so much. Look at uh, Mark 12. Let's just remind ourselves about Jesus and what he was doing as it relates to giving and receiving. <clears throat> so in verse 40, it says, Jesus went and sat in front of the treasury <laughs> to watch how everyone was giving. Now just think about that. Our Jesus, who just, we love him so much. He just loves us. He's so sweet. He went and sat in front of the offering bucket. <laughs> he went and sat there so he could see. I want to see what everybody's putting in there. I want to see that crumpled up, like crushed into like a little ball dollar that you just dropped in there. I want to see what you're giving. Guess what, guys? He still sits in front of the offering bucket. Why? Why does he care about this? Because this shows the status of your heart. How you give, where your treasures, there your heart is also. It shows the status of your heart. He cares about this. So there he is. I mean, how, oh, how uncool. I mean, it's politically incorrect. He's already in trouble with all those guys. He's already said 10 things that are just flying in their face, and he's gonna go sit in front of them to see what they're giving. How y'all doing? Just want to see what you're putting in the offering. How would you like that? <laughs> here, let's just, let's just open that envelope up and let's just read what's going on here. Oh, okay, good, nice. <laughs> what was Jesus was doing that publicly? Well, he was. And so, <clears throat> a poor widow came and put in two very small copper coins worth only a few, but, oh, look, I copied the same verse twice. Calling his disciples to him, Jesus said, truly, I tell you, this poor widow has put more money into the treasury than all the others. Now, if I'm one of the disciples, I go, I don't, I don't get it. Because she put in two pennies. What, what are you talking about? I mean, those other guys, they're blowing a trumpet to announce how much they were given. They gave a lot more. They had these giant copper and bronze coffers, and they would, these guys would give all coins, so that everybody would know they had just given a lot of money. I'd say those guys, I mean, clearly, by the sound of it, they gave a lot more than what she gave. He goes, no, nope, she's given more than everybody. I'm telling you the truth. This poor widow's put more in the treasury than all the others. They gave out of their wealth, but she, out of her poverty, put in everything. Two cents is all she had, and she put in everything. Here's the thing. The Lord is so brilliant. He just measures your heart in willingness and in generosity just by what you've got. Just by what you've got. It's not about that other person that gave so much. It's just about what you've got, and it's you and him. He's watching, 
And there's that willingness that you're engaging with him about, Lord, make me willing, make me like you. I want to give in a way that's generous. Help me to have, that's how it goes. It's, be, it's measured by what you have, not by what you do not have. I like how Paul makes that clear. All right, D, this is so cool to me. The Lord accepts our giving as giving to him. That's so beautiful. You know, many people have referred to Mother Teresa, and they, they, they know this famous statement, but I'll just tell the story. They, they did a news interview with her one time, and, and they said, how is it that you are taking these lepers, and you're holding them, and you're picking stuff out of their leprosy, and you're cleaning their wounds, and you're, you're holding on to them? And, I mean, they, they, the smell and the, just the... Just a horrible situation. How are you able to do that? And she said, well, I just look at them and just realize that it's Jesus. I'm, I'm doing it for them, but I'm doing it for Jesus. And if he was here, this is what I would do for him. And the Lord accepts every bit of our generosity. If we give it with the right heart, he accepts it as giving to him. I mean, he doesn't need anything, but he accepts it as if you gave him something. Let's, again, get in context. He owns everything. You can't give him anything. In fact, everything you have, he gave you. You give it back, and he calls it giving. It's a cute little wink. I get it. But he really does take your giving, and he says, thank you. Thank you for giving me that. Beloved, giving is worship. I love you, Jesus, so I give. I mean, he really accepts it as us giving him something. Proverbs 19, 7, whoever is generous to the poor lends to the Lord, and he will repay him for his deed. The Lord really does accept our giving as if we're giving it to him. Matthew 25 really bears that out. When did you see us in prison? When did you see us in need? Uh, when, when do we see you in need, Jesus? When do we see you in prison? When do we see you and, and, and give to you? He goes, no, in, in the amount that you did to the least of these, my brethren, you've done it to me. He accepts our giving as to himself. All right, E. I know you've heard this principle, but if you're new, this is a good one for you. Faithful in little, faithful in much. <clears throat> Jesus describes in Luke 16, there's a, there's a whole pa a parable there. You can read it on your own. But he describes, if you're faithful in a little bit, you'll be faithful in much in your giving. Because a lot of people think this. They think, well, when I have a lot of money, then I'll give a lot. You ever thought that? Don't have to raise your hand. I, I did. I thought that. I go, yeah. I, you know, I'm, I'm, when I got saved, I was a young guy. I was like, oh, I don't have much money. I don't have to give. I don't have much money. The Lord goes, no, it's completely different. If you don't give when you have a little, faithful in little, you're not going to be faithful when you have a lot. Guys, I know this is meat and potatoes, but we need some meat and potatoes right now. We need this. If you might have a little bit of money, be faithful to give. Be generous with what you've got. And then God will add a measure to it, and you'll be generous when you have more. But if you hold back when you have a little, 
That's exactly what you'll do when you have more. I know people who have a ton of money, but they've never practiced that principle of being faithful in little and faithful in much. And because they weren't faithful when they had a little bit of money, they're not faithful with a lot of money. They end up spending it on silly stuff, spending it on themselves, and not being generous and rich towards others. Faithful in a little, faithful in much. All right, F. This is when I looked us in the eye and asked, do you really believe it? And I'll just put it out there again. Giving is more blessed than receiving. It is more blessed to give than to receive. I want to believe that. I want to swallow that. All right, here we go. We're getting ready to land. Roman numeral four. What happens when we give? Are you still with me? Come on. Still with me? All right. Here we go. A, when we give, firstly, we express our love for Jesus through our obedience to give. We gotta get it clear what the Bible says. Giving is, is part of what we do as saints. Generosity is what we do as saints. He calls us to give. And so when we're doing that, it's an expression of love. Many, many times, for years and years and years, as I've sat here and prayed over offerings, I've said, Lord, receive these offerings as a love token from our heart to yours. Receive it as we're giving and we're giving because we love you. We love you and we want to give from that heart. Beloved, that's the first motivation that's got to be moving in our hearts. That we love him and we want to give out of love. We love you, Lord. And so we're going to give. B. We provide for ourselves an eternal inheritance. There's multiple verses that say this. That when you give it will be paid back to you in the age to come. So this is something to think about. When you're taking your money and you're giving it to someone or you're giving it into the offering, you're paying your tithe or you're giving an offering, you're giving to the poor, you're you're giving to that that person or, or to the church or whatever, but what's happening is that money is actually translating into eternal inheritance. Now, I don't know exactly how it works, but I do know this. Our righteous works in this age will be seen in the age to come, for sure. The righteous works of the saints are evident in our garments. And in, 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 uh, in 1 Corinthians 15, he describes how this age how we lived in righteousness, we'll, it will see it on the saints in the next age. And there'll be glory on different saints in different measures based on their faithfulness and righteousness in this age. Somehow, as we give, as we give, it's credited towards us in, an, in our eternal inheritance. I, as I'm giving, when I'm giving, I go, yes, because I'm not just living for this place. We're passing through. I'm going, yes, I'm giving. And you know what? I'm storing up for myself treasures in the ages to come. You know, just think of it this way. You, if you take money and you invest it, it's a, it's a good idea because if you invest and you can get a return on it, you're not just spending it now. You're turning a dollar into $10 or a 1000 into 10000 over time. I will guarantee you that whatever the return rate you're getting in this age is, it's nothing compared to the return rate you're going to get in the age to come. 
that as you give in this age, there is a return rate that's coming that's gonna far exceed any natural return rate you would, you would get in this age. So as we give, we provide ourselves an eternal inheritance. We provide for our eternal inheritance in a certain way. It adds to it. C, Luke 16, you can read this on your own. You're actually exchanging dollars for souls when you give into the gospel. That's an incredible thought to me. You actually take dollars and that dollar turns into a salvation on the other side of it. Our teams that are, you know, in the Middle East and, and, and our teams that are in Africa and, 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 and South and Central America, as they're winning people to the Lord, as you've given a, a dollar to them, that dollar becomes a soul. Man, if you can just get your mind around that, you work and you receive money and you take that money and you give it to the gospel and it turns into salvations, Oh man, sign me up for that. Sign me up for turning money into salvations. That's, that's how it works when we translate that money into the gospel. We exchange money for souls by giving. D, as I already said, we establish how we want to receive. There's Paul in 2 Corinthians 9. He goes, remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. Whoever sows generously will also reap generously. We've already Establish that idea. And then E, this is true. I've seen it in, in a variety of ways, but we set ourselves up for a release of blessing, not just in the age to come, but also in this age. And there's the Malachi pas- passage where he talks about through tithing and giving, tithing and giving offerings, God actually, in, in their age, it was agriculture. He actually opened the heavens to pour down rain so that their crops would explode. There is this interesting transaction that happens in the heart of God. As you're free with your giving, God opens up spiritual blessing to you. I'll give you this last story. I shared this last week in the evening. I didn't get to share it in the morning. But uh, it's when I was, I was traveling and doing a lot of youth conferences as a youth pastor. I was at this youth conference, and I was, um, the youth conference was like five days long, and I was the speaker for the last night. And there's about a thousand young people at this youth conference. And um, <clears throat> the guy gets up before me, he's gonna take up the offering. Now, I don't know if you understand youth conferences, but the last night of a five day youth conference, that offering is like 87 cents. It doesn't matter how many kids are in the room, they've spent all their money all week. These are teenagers. And so they've, they've bought all the candy bars and Cokes they wanted. They don't have any money to give that last night. So it's, you know, it's kind of known the last night is not gonna be the good offering. Well, this guy gets up, he's a, he's a buddy of mine, he gets up and he starts speaking on, you know, generosity and giving. And, um, and I really don't even remember what he said, but I remember thinking there was a, a, an extra little charge on the room. Like you could just tell there was something on this offering message and, and the, the Lord was doing something in the room. There was like a spirit of generosity, of liberality that was hitting the room and you could just feel it, something was happening. So, he goes to, to take up the offering, and they, they get, get to everybody stand, they pray, and these kids, and they start dancing their ways down, and they're like slam dunking their money into the offering buckets. And they're like just going off, just dancing and, and praising and 
boom, they're throwing their money in. Yeah, I mean, it's just wild. I've never seen anything like it. Thousand teenagers doing this. And I'm just watching. I'm getting ready to get up and preach. I'm like, this is cool. This is gonna be fun to preach to. So they, they, they turn it into this like praise dance party in this offering. I, I, I've never seen anything like this. And I get up to preach. Well, they're still in that praise mode. So I, I thought, you know, I'm just gonna see what happens here. So I go, come on, everybody. Let's give glory to Jesus. Raw, the place blows up. Yeah! I don't know if you've ever been with a thousand on fire hungry teenagers. It's, there's nothing like it. So, I mean, yeah! I'm like, wow, this is fun. I go, I'm looking right now at a generation that's gonna sell out and give everything to the Lord. Yeah! They go crazy again. So I start thinking, I'm just gonna start saying the craziest stuff I can to see if they're just gonna keep responding. Like, I just wanna see what's happening here. And there is, a, there is a power hitting the room. So I go, I believe I'm looking at the first generation that's gonna see revival in America that the Bible talks about at the end of the age. And it just blows up again. And they're out of their chairs and they're in the aisles and they're dancing and they're, yeah, they're just going nuts. And I'm thinking, man, I've never seen anything like this. This is awesome. So I go, I, here's what I said. I thought, I'm gonna say the hardest thing I can. I go, I believe I'm looking at a room full of martyrs who are gonna lay their lives down for Jesus Christ, no matter the cost. They go, yeah, and they blow up. This is exactly what happens. They blow up, they jump out of their chairs, they're in the aisle, they're dancing, and hundreds of them bum rush the platform when I say that. They're, they're stampeding the platform. I didn't tell them to come forward. They're just, yeah! I'm running to get out of the way. The musicians come running in from the side. They're like trying to guard their equipment. They're like picking their guitar up and running off. And there's a 200 kid mosh pit going on on the platform. They're just beating each other up, yeah! I was like, whoa. <laughs> the guy that's running the conference, he's looking at me like, what did you do? Well, I didn't do anything. <laughs> Maybe a little, but it was already going on. Anyway, you know, preach the message. Awesome night. You know, the, the last of that conference ended up being amazing. Well, they come and they tell me at the end, they said, you know what? That offering that he took up, his name is Kristen. Kristen took up $19,000. It was 900 teenagers and 100 adults. He took up $19,000 all in small gifts. There wasn't one big gift in that offering. They said it wasn't just the largest offering for the week. It wasn't just the largest offering for the year. This, this conference has been going on for like 25 years. He goes, because it's the largest offering we've ever taken up in a single night in the history of our conference. 25 years. And here's what I recognized. Something happened in generosity and in praise that opened that room up to the power of God and, and, and the spirit of the Lord gripped those kids till they were just wildly abandoned to the Lord. There's, there was a shift through the giving, is my point. 
Something happens when you give generously. It shifts things in the spirit somehow. I don't exactly get the, get the way the transaction worked, works, but I know that it does. It shifts things. And you can feel it. You can feel when you're around a, a group of folk that are just generous. They're just freely you receive, freely you give kind of folk. There's just a liberty that's going on there. And a liberality around people, they're like, so you want me to give, huh, brother? And it just kind of got that, you know, Grinchy kind of feel to them. It just, it, it, there's not a flow. Do you know what I'm talking about? There's just something about the spirit of a people whose hearts are generous and liberal. Man, that's what we want to be, guys. We want to be that. We want people to walk in the room and feel like there's just a flow of, of freedom and liberality and generosity among those people. And that's how it should be, I believe, in the people of God. The church, that should be the testimony of the church. When the unbelievers, that when they're given, when they're at the at the restaurant, they should be thinking, "I want the church people to show up. I want them to show up." So that those guys are always generous, they're always happy. They're sort of the liberal and fun and free, and yeah, I, I want those church people to show up. There should be that, not this grinchy, stingy thing. Like nobody wants to wait on church people. Amen. 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 All right, let's stand. <clears throat> I know it's meat and potatoes with an extra helping of broccoli and asparagus, but we need this, guys. We need this as a people to grip our hearts, get us free from the love of money and American greed and get all you can and can all you get. Got to get delivered of that. Good, good.